Father, thank you that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. God, I just echo uh, what's been said this morning and we just ask for a, a, uh, a, spirit of, uh, a spirit of adoption crying, Abba, Father, that will not lead to fear again, that we would not be slaves to fear, we would not conform to the pattern of this world. Thank you, Lord. Help us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Luke 18. I've got, I had a message kind of prepared for this morning and we might go there, but we might not. We'll see what we do. This was not a part of my message, but I really felt it for us this morning. We're going to read a bit of a portion of scripture, make it a legal meeting. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Let's pause right there. Jesus said, let's pray and let's not lose heart. All right, let's just ponder that for a second, that we can pray and we cannot lose heart. And I'm all for the immediacy. I want the immediate prayer. I prayed for a person in a wheelchair and they, they get up. You know, I want that every time I pray because Jesus... Jesus modelled something that every time he prayed, something shifted. And uh, as Andrew mentioned last week of the sows, the, the seeds and the, and, the, and the sower, you know, um, inside of a seed is a whole forest. And, and you, it's amazing. Inside of one seed is a, is a forest. Inside of one acorn is a whole tree, you know. And... Um, Careful where I walk, it's like uh, feeding back into my ears. Uh, and inside of one prayer or one seed sometimes is, is an entire forest that takes place, even when we don't see the immediate effect. Uh, uh, Zachariah, Zachariah, who's John's dad? I always get Zacchaeus. No, Zachariah, Zachariah. He, it says when he, uh, the angel came to him and says, the Lord that you, the prayers that you used to pray have been heard. That's what, that's what that phrase means where it talks about that in Luke. And it says, the prayers that you used to pray have been heard in heaven. In other words, there can be prayers that you prayed 10 years ago and the Lord's like, oh, that prayer that you prayed, I hear it. But I don't pray it anymore. And he's like, yeah, but I still hear it. Right? So let's pray and let's not lose heart. Then he said, in a certain city, we know this very well. In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For, while, for a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. <laughs> I've met that person. Have you met that person? I've met that person. <laughs> and the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. 
And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? What a passage. Yeah, this is where we're meant to go this morning. <laughs> now, I want, you to, I want you to picture this. Unjust judge, widow, banging on the door. And she's, he's fed up. He's like, I don't fear God, I don't fear man, but this woman's annoying me. And I'm going to give her what she's asking for. And then he talks about himself or God. He says, how much more will God who's good, give to you speedily. So let's go back to verse 1. And he told them a parable, not to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So what happens when we pray and we, we don't see the breakthrough, what gives us the fuel to keep going? The goodness of God. If we have a mindset that he's a um, he's a unrighteous judge, right? Which I know none of us would think that. But if we have the mindset that we pray and we don't see the thing happen that we want to see happen, and we're like, "Oh, what's my anchor point for for contending faith to see this thing move, to see this mountain shift, to see this virus come down, whatever it is in your life that's." That's that's you're praying for and believing for the fuel that fuels us is God is good. He's a good father. And then he says, "When I return, will I find faith on the earth?" That scripture that's got to bother you. <laughs> that bothers me. That's one of those scriptures that's like scares the hell out of me. Literally, in a good way. You know, people say, uh, you know, Liam, I, I don't know where the fear of God is. You know, if we have a good God, how can we have the fear of God? And uh, it's just a bit of a stupid saying. I'm like, well, you know, and I, I love what Bill Johnson says. He says, you know, I love my wife and yet I fear her. <laughs> you know, you, you have both, you know, that you have the love of someone and you can fear them in a healthy way. And that verse there, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? Man, I just, I want to be in this place where I'm like, yeah, God, pick me. You know, I have, I have faith for this. And faith is simply this. Faith is the conviction of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith, as Andrew mentioned this morning, faith isn't denying a problem's uh, existence. Faith isn't saying, oh, that thing doesn't exist. But it's, it's faith is, is not giving it a, a, a place of influence over your life. Because it's, it's trust in a father that loves us. All right? Go to, go to 1 John 2.
you and I have been commissioned into an army of impossible circumstances. The moment we got born again is the moment you and I got brought into an army where impossible situations should bend their knee to the name Jesus. Um, you know, those that, pray, those that pray for the sick know very quickly that they will fail, as Brett mentioned. Those that, uh, in, a, in a sense of they'll, they'll miss the mark every now and again. Now, that's not the standard. The standard is, as Jesus prayed, so we can too. But anyone that's ever prayed for the sick is like, well, I prayed and I didn't see the miracle. Right? Anyone in here? Anyone that's done that? Okay, everyone. But our experience doesn't give us permission to change the standard. Right? Our experience doesn't give us the right to change the standard, which is Christ. And, and likewise, our experience should, like at that prayer, it says pray without, you know, pray without ceasing, is that moment where we go, all right, I've prayed and I haven't seen something happen. What's my choice? My choice is God is extremely good and I'm going to go for it again. I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going to continue to press in. I'm going to continue to, to, continue to go for this thing until I see this thing move. The moment you see something move the, is the moment you have the choice to change your mind on the goodness and the nature of God. To when the next time something happens, you have a choice. Do I believe God or do I believe the circumstance? Are you getting what I'm putting down? So, so what, I, what I mean by that is, I, I, have seen, I remember praying for this woman. I remember she came into the prayer room at, uh, when we were in America. And she says, I've got a problem in my spleen. Doctors, I'm going to somewhere here. I've got a problem in my spleen. I've got cancer in the blood. I've got um, arthritis in my bones. I've got, she just lists off a bunch of things. And it was like my third time in the healing rooms. And I was like, yeah, I just went from faith to depressed <laughs> in a very small amount of time. And... Um, so I was like, man, all I've got is the blood of Jesus. And I was like, man. So we just, and she, oh, and then she goes, you can't lay hands on me. I was like, oh, man, I can't even claim the scripture, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Because here, right now, is, uh, she's like, and she goes, and her dad was against people laying hands on people. He was just, he thought it was fake. He thought it was just manipulation, whatever. <clears throat> So I'm like, all right, this is four of us there. And I said, um, let's, just, let's just plead the blood of Jesus. So we just start, we just, we just plead the blood of Jesus, plead the blood of Jesus. Within about two or three minutes, she says, um, I feel a real kind of weight pushing me to the ground. And we're like, well, that's none of us. We're not touching you. Yeah. She goes, oh, I might sit on the seat. So should we grab a seat just like this and put it there and... And we just continued for another five minutes or so. We, we're praying, we plead the blood of Jesus, plead the blood of Jesus. She goes, man, are you guys pushing my head? Well, no, we're not touching you. She goes, I need to lie down. We're like, okay, lie down. You're really sick anyway. Like, just lie down. You do what you want. So she lies down. 
And, uh, and we just walk around. We're just doing, we're just doing happy laps of this, this lady. We're just walking around and we're just pleading the blood of Jesus, right? And she jumps up. She goes, my fingers feel like fireworks are going off in my body. So what is going on? She said, my pain in my spleen is all gone. We're like, oh, praise God, you know. Anyway, we pray. We pray for another 15 minutes or so. And, uh, and we, we kind of bless her and... By the end of it, she said, she says to um, she says to me, I was kind of leaving the group. She says, I, I want you to lay hands on me. I don't give a rip what my dad says. <laughs> so I so I had her hand on she, her hand was on her stomach, and then my hand was on top of her hand. I just wanted to be, do it right. And um, and so so we prayed for her, and that was it. And then I never saw her again until about a month later. I was walking through the the church halls. I was getting a cup of coffee. And um, at Hebrews Cafe, and uh, it's a true story. And uh, and and so I'm getting a coffee, and uh, and I see uh, her friend. I see her friend that's that brought her along, and I'm like, hey. She's like, hey. I said, how's your friend? She says, ah, oh, we're baptizing her today in my friend's pool. She's completely healed of everything that she had. She smoked 40 cigarettes a day. She had lung cancer. She had cancer in the blood. She had this, she had that, da 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 And she's completely well. Right? And so um, I, I share that because sometimes we're in this place of like, I don't know if I have faith for that. But I'm just going to continue to press in and I'm going to lean on the goodness of God. Because it's not, it, it, faith, that word faith got weird in the church. I don't know why, but it just, people are like, well, is it my faith? Is it his faith? Is it, no, 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 and you didn't have enough faith. It's not your faith. It's trust in him. You're not the one. I think it was um, David Hogan. He said, oh, if you say you can heal the sick, then you're in pride. If you say you can't heal the sick, then you're in denial. Right? His point was, I'll say that again. If you say you can heal the sick, then you're in pride. If you say you can't heal the sick, then you're in denial. Because the point, his point is, is that you can't heal the sick. It's, imp- it's impossible for you and I to heal the sick, to uh, see someone born again, to see the miracles of God happen, to see revival take place in our city, to see our city transformed, to see the whole system change, to, to renew your mind. All of those things are impossible without the Holy Spirit. But if you say you can't do something when you're in Christ, then you're in denial. Because nothing is impossible with those who believe. Yeah? And so so often I think we self-talk ourselves out of something. When we actually need to go, if there's an unjust God, unjust judge who will give to the woman who pounds on the door, how much more speedily is our God gonna give who's extremely good? And then he says, When I return, will I find faith on the earth? What's he talking about? When I return, will I find a bunch of people who actually believe who they say that I am? That's what he's talking about. When I return, will I find a company of people 
who actually believe that I am who I say that I am. Not my experience, his experience, his truth, his reality, his word, his promises. All right? All right, 1 John 2, verse 6. Who here abides in the Lord? Who abides in God? All right, all of us, hopefully in this room. Okay? You just trapped yourselves. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way which he walked. Liam, that's, that's a very full-on verse. Yeah. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way which he walked. 1 John 4, 17 says this, By this love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because, why? Why can we have confidence for the day of judgment? Because as he is, so are we in this world. I love what Brett said about, you know, oh, I'm going to share this fail. Because those that, and this is, this is tying in with what Brett says, but those that say, oh, I've never given a word of knowledge, or I've never given a prophetic word, or I've never given a pray, pray for someone, have a 100% success rate. Meaning they fail 100% of the time. <laughs> but there's this line, there's this line that in the vineyard we, we used to call the chicken line. Right? Where we can actually step over the chicken line of fear and go, you know what, I'm going to step out in faith and even if it doesn't happen, I've been obedient to what God's asked me to do. Because maybe, just maybe, people when, I, when we used to do training and stuff for people going out on the streets and praying for the sick, people would say, Liam, what if I pray and it doesn't happen? And I'd go, yeah, what if you pray and it does happen? Have you thought that far ahead? Grace, uh, just a couple more thoughts and then we'll finish. I'm not just, I want to just clarify something. I'm not just talking about healing. I'm talking about the whole Christian life. We have a, I fully agree, we have an unprecedented moment right now in history to actually be a light in darkness. Yes, use wisdom. But touching a leper in the new covenant, the leprosy gets healed. In the old covenant, you touch a leper, you get leprosy. In the new covenant, you touch a leper, the leper gets healed. He's given us a peace of God that is not of this world. It's not of this world. In his world, 
there's perfect peace. In his world, there's perfect health. In his world, there's perfect unison with families. In his world, there's a way to do finances. In his world, there's a way to live. In his world, there's a, it's a different kingdom. And when he arrived, he said, hey boys, I've brought my kingdom with me. Yeah. To his disciples. He says, hey, I've got the keys of the kingdom back. And now I want to give them to you. Now, there's, the, there's still wisdom, right? There's still wisdom. There's do the right thing. There's all of those things. You wash your hands, whatever. Like all that stuff's good. It's not bad. But we have an unprecedented moment right now where we can be light in darkness and we can shine brightly. You know, we've already talked about... Um, you know, if for, for, for some reason the government does decide, hey, no, no meetings of religious or, you know, uh, schools or whatever, workplaces, whatever, who knows what's going to happen, hey, um, you know, we're, we're ready. We've got, you know, we're going to be ready. We've got four or five homes that we can all meet in, you know. We've done that. We've, <laughs> we've done that already. It's like we're ready to go. And, um, and so it's not a case of that, that things, you know, if you're like, oh, what's going to happen to church? And, it's like, hey, the church is the ecclesia. It's the people of God or the ecclesia. It's like... And grace... Grace is the divine influence on the heart. When we... Often grace... Let me say this. Grace before we're Christians is the undeserved favour. Right? You heard that? Who's heard that? Grace is the unmerited favour or undeserved favour. So if I'm doing 100 kilometres an hour in a 60 kilometre hour zone and the policeman pulls me over and he doesn't give me a ticket, that's called mercy. Right? I was doing the wrong thing and I should be punished, but I'm not. That's mercy. Yeah? We were all in that boat. Everyone in this room at one point in your life was in that boat. You deserved the judgment of God and he took it upon himself and he said, I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to pour that out. I'm going to, sin is going to be poured out on my son. The consequence of sin and death is, is on Jesus. He took what we deserved and we get what he deserved. C.S. Lewis said it something similar like that. So you and I, that's mercy that's the undeserved favour. If I'm doing 100 kilometres an hour in a 60 kilometre hour zone, and now do I not get a ticket, but the Lord, but the, sorry, the police officer, let's call him the Lord, right? He says, hey, I've noticed that you keep doing the wrong thing, even though you want to do the right thing. What I want to do for you is I'm going to give you a brand new engine. I'm going to give you a brand new car. I'm going to give you a brand new way of driving. I'm going to give you a brand new pedal. I'm going to give you a brand new gear shift. I'm going to give you a brand new steering wheel. I'm going to actually get rid of that rusty hole in you. And I'm going to give you a brand new car. That's before we're Christians. And then we get born again. Yeah? You get what I'm putting down? Okay. As Christians, grace is not the undeserved favour. 
As a Christian, as a born-again Christian, grace is the divine influence on your heart to empower you to run in the likeness of Christ. Right? Okay. Titus 2.11 says this, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. So that was the first point. It brought salvation, undeserved favour. Right? Unmerited grace. Training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age. Grace appeared, salvation and training us to repent from that way of living and then it trains us to live in self-control, upright and godly lives in this present age. When you were born again, Jesus changed your past, he empowered your present, and he set you up for a marvellous future. Your whole line has changed. Your whole direction has changed. Grace, if you believe in grace, it should propel you and compel you to not stay where you are. It should be the very uh, engine, the, the foot on the pedal, the gear shift, the direction to empower you to live in the same likeness that he lived. <clears throat> it's awesome because as he is so let me ask you this question as he is so you are in this world is Jesus up in heaven biting his fingernails right now oh my goodness coronavirus is he up there going oh I didn't see this one coming Is he up there struggling with anxiety and depression and worry and lust and all those things? I'm not putting guilt and shame on anyone. I'm just saying, hey, he's not up there struggling with that. So we have a, the grace of God to compel us into living in the full freedom that he's got available. Right? And, oh, Liam, do I have to strive more? Do I have to? No. What does he say? If you pray without ceasing and you fix your eyes that he's good, then you will find faith on the earth. Oh, but I've prayed for years, Liam. Yeah. Let's keep going. Let's keep believing. Filled with prayers, that's right, the incense rising. Keep praying. Let's yeah. not lose heart. Yeah. Oh, but I, I've been praying. You don't understand, Liam. I know. That's where sometimes you need the body. Mm-hmm. Who's in, I've been in those moments, yeah? Where I'm like, I just need... I, I said to my elders, I think, or our leadership, maybe a few months ago, I'm like, I just need some prayer. Just pray for me. I'm just having an off day. They happen once every three or four years, you know? No, no I'm just joking. <laughs> just kidding. But why not? Why can't we live in the full peace of God every day? Every day we can wake up on the right side of the bed. Every day we can walk out of our house and we can pray without ceasing. Paul says it, pray without ceasing. That isn't you walking around going, that's not what he's talking about. He's saying have the mindset of God that he's extremely good and he wants to move in every situation. 
in every circumstance. And grace, grace is the engine, that new heart that you and I have been giving, given, which now we can put the foot on the accelerator of our new car and we can actually live in the, in the likeness of Jesus and walk in the same manner as he walked. Because as he is, so you are in this world. And I want to challenge us. This church is incredibly kingdom focused. Everyone in this room, you're so kingdom focused. Those that are new, you're kingdom focused, right? You just that's I'm just declaring it. Because we're not we're not and we decided from a very early on in our walk with, with planning this church, we're not gonna be a church that looks inward from a navel gazing perspective. We want to, how do we be a church that's an influence and a light out in this world and that these Sunday mornings become a training and equipping centre where we can be fed on the word but then we can go out with our son, with our, with our daughters and we can be an example to the world out there that people when they see you, they're like, why the heck are you happy in this season? You're like, let me tell you about this guy that I know and he's in me and I'm in love with him and they're like, oh, okay, righto. And you're like, his name's Jesus. He's the hope of the world. He's the light of the world. He's the hope of humanity. Yeah? yeah. All right. Why don't you stand? We were going to do a Bible study on grace, and I mentioned it a little bit. We we're going to read through Romans, but we'll, we'll do it another time. Um, but I just really felt to... Luke 18, that we were to pray without ceasing. We talked about prayer. Joyce had that vision of prayer at the start of the year. And uh, prayer's, prayer's a huge thing. And um, I, I just want to encourage us that if you pray in the Spirit, um, <clears throat> there's just something about he's, he's looking for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. And there's something about prayer that we that we when we, we pray in the spirit that I can't explain it other than it just when you pray for a long time in the spirit something shifts something shifts it's those that incense bowls it's 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 not and it's not just it's not that you can't do that when you just pray in English but when you're praying in the spirit it's 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 this union with the Lord that takes place and, I just, I just see angels being released and things just taking place that we can't um, utter. It's the deep mysteries of God. It's the deep things of the Lord that, are, that groan from within our spirit and his spirit. Yeah? And so I just want to encourage us as we go about our week this week that we would uh, intentionally spend time praying, praying in the spirit. Praying, just offering up those prayers, praying without ceasing. Praying until we see this this thing in front of me move. Yes. One last thought. Do you know in the giants, when the giants are mentioned, when they were keeping them from the promised land? Do you know the moment they enter the promised land, giants are never again mentioned? Sometimes there's a giant standing there and we're like, whoo, smokes, that's, that's, you know, that's a big one. And just beyond that are no more giants. And I believe the Lord's asking, 
not out of guilt, not out of some weird like pressure thing, not out of some uh, manipulation, but he's saying, hey, where are my people? Where are my people that will say, I'm going to shine. I'm going to walk as you walk, Jesus. I'm going to just give it a... I'm going to get, at, at the very least, I'm going to give it a crack. <laughs> I'm just going to give it a crack. And if I fail, I'm just going to go again. Because you said it, Lord. You said we can do these things. You said greater works will you do when I go to be with the Father. You said it. I do that very often. I'm praying my prayer. I'm like, God, you said this. It's like, you know, Moses... They're your people who you let out of Egypt and we're not going anywhere. You know? And that, I pray like that sometimes with the Lord. I'm like, God, you said we can lay hands on the sick and when they can recover. You said that. So let's just do this thing, Lord. You know, that's how I pray sometimes because I just get this holy like boldness that just starts to come. And sometimes I think we just need that. We just need that little. He's not like, oh, shivers, Liam's praying a bold prayer. He's like, all right, let's get it. It's turned up. You know, let's not have some meekness. Let's have some passion. Let's have some mm, desperation. All right. Let's all lick our fingers and hold hands. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Put your hand on your head. Holy Spirit, right now I pray we would be renewed in our mind and we would not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Holy Spirit, come right now. John Wimber said this, everyone gets to play. When you're in the kingdom, everyone gets to play. Yeah, renew our minds right now, God. Where the spirit of fear is, be gone. Get out. Get out of people's minds and hearts right now. God, I pray we would leak you. We would leak your kingdom because you're in us like a river that flows. And the more we drink of you, the more we leak. The more we drink, the more we leak. (laughs) The more you drink in the natural, you need to go to the toilet. The more we drink in the spiritual, you leak Jesus. So right now, I pray there'd be a drinking session of the Lord right now. A drinking of the living water right now that would just flow out of our bellies like living water. We would walk into supermarkets and the atmosphere would change. Because one person and God is the majority. One person and God. Jesus took 12 dudes and he transformed the world. What do you think he can do with 40 hungry, revival, passionate, loved, laid down lovers of Jesus? He can change a city. He can do it with this amount of people in this room. He only needs one person that will believe. So, Father, I thank you for the renewed mind, God. I thank you for the peace of God right now over our nation. We pray right now for our politicians. We pray for our education people, for the health organisation, God. We pray you give them wisdom, give them strategies, God. And then we just pray you would, uh, you would, we just rebuke this coronavirus. And you will not come. You will not come into our church. You will not come into our people. I pray right now there would just be an immunity against this thing in Jesus' name. That whatever weapon formed against us shall not prosper. And that there will be be a great light 
there'll be a great light that will shine. It won't be it won't be a light uh, that will fade, but it'll be a light that'll get brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter, and it'll be a city set on a hill. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you, Lord. All right, that was fun. Hey, <laughs> love you guys. Um, if you like, Andrew said, if you're not a part of our Facebook. Uh, and you call this place home where you want to um, keep in contact. That's probably our number one uh, way of communicating. Uh, also, the website is about to be uh, updated, which is, it's nearly done. It's taken a little longer than we'd hoped, but it's nearly done. So, um, otherwise, if you have any, want any prayer, uh, prayer right now for anything at all, we'd love to pray with you. Otherwise, have a great week. Stay tuned to what's happening. Um, and let's pray without ceasing. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Cool. Bless you guys.